What's up, y'all? This is Dr. Craig Waleed, your host here on the Prison to Promise podcast, where I explore strategies formerly incarcerated people use to avoid returning to prison. On this episode, I'm joined by none other than the good brother, Mr. Carl Scott, also known as C. Scott. After serving two prison sentences, He went on to earn a master's degree in psychology with an emphasis on life coaching. Today, C serves as the fatherhood coordinator at Healthy Baby Network in Rochester, New York. I invite you to listen to the jewels this brother reveals through the telling of his story about how he figured out how to stop going to prison and in C's own words, made it in the hood and not out of the hood. Okay. Okay, so there we go, man. And so, you know, um, today I got with me uh, Brother C. Scott out of Rochester, New York. Um, me and C. go back to the, the old town. C., you still in Rochester. Um, I done left Rochester, but I remember you from back in the days from maybe when we were like in our early teens, late teens, you know, running around the same streets. I don't think we ever hung out, but we knew a lot of the same people, you know. And then um, I think in the 90s, uh, I looked up, I'm in New York State Prison, and uh, here you come walking through. Um, And I think we was in the same penitentiaries for a little while before one of us got out and the next one got out. And so so with that being said, man, um, I want to just ask you or invite you to uh, maybe tell the, the listeners just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, your background, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. Okay. How y'all doing out there? My name is um, Carl Scott. Everybody call me C. Scott from Rochester, New York. Um, I'm 50. My birthday is actually in the um, next yeah, next week, sometime the 10th. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'll be 51. I'm an Aries. Shout out to all the Aries, you know, out there. We here, so okay, but yeah, I, I you know I'm from Rochester, um, New York. I'm from the West Side, and I'm from um some streets called Jefferson and Bartlett. This is uh where I grew up, this is where I hustled at. This is where you know actually I made a name for myself, uh, you know, in the city from that little area. Not that I'm proud of the name that I had made, but um from there, it's just that um everything happens for a reason. And um, my reasoning is, you know, I was in the streets um, to see, and I see a lot of things that, you know, a young man shouldn't have to see, you know, growing up in the streets that, you know, I come from uh, NWA time. So absolutely, it was just the start of all everything that everybody with right now, you know, I was there when it all basically started. And, and it's been high. It's I ain't gonna say it, a hard life for me. I'm saying it, it's been a um, a teaching life for me. You know, I never lost. I learned from everything that happened to me. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I did my time in the streets. You know, I hustled. I'm not gonna glorify it. You know, what I'm saying took me to prison twice. Yeah. You know, yeah. took you know my first bid was four years. My second bid was five, uh, five and a half, um, five and a half years, yeah, out of seven year bid. And I came home in 2010, you know, before I left, I was trying to get out the streets, but I guess it was a little too late for me at that time. I had to go through what I had to go through. So, um, I went through, you know, ended up with seven years in prison. And at that time there was a, um, there was a young fella in there younger than me in prison and he was in college and you know i was going through what i was going through and i'm like um i don't know how you do it because i see how he's studying you know i and his name he's from rochester new york his name is benjamin flanders you know he's an inspiration to me because he's the one that really pointed me toward that way he said it ain't hard it ain't hard okay cool so he told me to go take the entry exam so and so I contacted the counselor and I, you know, signed up for the entry exam. So I went and I took the entry exam for um, college and I passed everything but the writing. And 
they gave me, instead of telling me I had to do everything over because they were so impressed with everything else, they told me to come back and take the writing and they gave me the instructions of how they expected it to be. So in that time, I was in my associates. So all they basically wanted was the setup of mm -hmm. how it was, the heading, the, the body, the, you know, everything. Structure of the paper. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and when I learned that, it was, uh, it was a rap I was in. Yeah. And yeah. so my first class was, you know, arts, art history. I got an A. So that turned me on to school right there because mm -hmm. when I was in um, junior high, I, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't in the school. Yeah. So, I, it, you know, I ain't go to school. I ain't go to high school. I went to school high. That was the saying. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it was. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Which rapper said that? Uh, I, I can't recall, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We up there in age now. You can't yeah. remember all them things. Definitely. So it actually, um, it was, it was uh, Method Man and um, Red Man on um, How High. That's right. That's so right. That was it. So, um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, I did all that, you know, I went, you know, did my uh, associates um, through the prison system, not to cut, you know, I, sometimes I lose um, um, my train of thought and I jump over here and there. It's all good. You know, not to jump, but, you know, I did my um, associates starting from, um, uh, my influence was Benjamin Flanders, Flanders from mm -hmm. Rochester, New York, good brother. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got an A in my first class. Then um, from there, I just went on and um, I graduated uh, magnum cum laude and my um, associates, and you know, I was one of them that didn't like school. Yeah. And so, and once I came home, I came home in 2010, finished at Canisius. Okay, Canisius College, yeah. Yes, and so, and what it was, was I finished and a year later, I got bored. So were you in a Wyoming correctional facility or Attica or somewhere? It was Wyoming, that's where we was together. Okay. That's where we was together. Okay. So, and um, I, I came home from there, 2010, March 11, 2010, and I finished my school. I just, you know, I finished my school, got my uh, my degree, mm -hmm. my associate, mm -hmm. graduated in honors. Yeah. And a year later, I got bored. You know, I had idle time because I was working for, uh, what, 8.50, 9.50 or whatever it was, 11.50 mm -hmm. at that time. And you know, I'm like, this, you know, this, this ain't making it, you know, and I'm not trying to go back to the streets. Right. You know, I'm not trying to turn back. So I turned back to school. I got bored and went back to school and got my bachelor's. Mm -hmm. So, and then once I graduated 2015 with my bachelor's, I had, you know, up a little upgraded pay, but I'm like, this ain't it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, now I'm bored again. Yeah. So. I turned around and went back and got my master's in psychology yeah. Yeah. with the emphasis on um, life coaching. Nice. So I'm like, I said, yeah, this is this. I'm feeling this. Mm -hmm. And so got a job, got a decent job. And, you know, I liked the work that I was doing. You know, I was, you know, there was a community, they hired a community putting back, um, putting back the community and the work in the community. I worked for ABC at first. Yeah. Action for a better community. Yeah. And so after um, after I was a parent partner, credible messenger. And after I went, um, I left from there, I went to Urban League as a um, reentry counselor. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was there for two years and I had the chance to apply for a, a, a leadership position in Healthy Baby Network, the yeah. fatherhood coordinator. Yeah. And they were quite impressed at what I was doing and, you know, the passion I had. And so they gave me a chance and that's where I'm at right now. And, you it's know, tough. coming from where we sat down and talked in the yard, you know what I'm saying, on the weight benches and all yeah. that, to us talking, you know, via you over there, I'm over here and um, um, Zoom and everything, it's, it's just fantastic, it's great. Absolutely, man. And it's a testament to time and what can happen over time. And, you know, you said some things, man, that um, if I could go back. And one of the things, you know, you mentioned your birthday's coming yeah. up. You'll be 50, you, you mentioned you'll be 51. You know, I just turned 51 last August. I'll be 52 this August. And okay. so one of the things I'm thinking about is so many of the cats that grew up in our neighborhood. Because I'm from Magnolia and Genesee Street. You're from Bartlett and Jefferson. So we're right around the corner from each other. That's and think about how many cats from that era 
haven't made it to 50 years old, you know, haven't made it to 55 and we still here, still yeah. relatively healthy, still relatively look well, you know? So I look at it as a blessing. I do too. Yeah. You know, I get, I get the, um, I get the, why you, why you ain't got grades in your beard. But I was like, if you get closer to me, you'll see the grades yeah. in there. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you get you know, and so, you know, you talked about, you know, at a, as, at a young age, you ended up in the streets and then you ended up in the penitentiary. And then while you were in the penitentiary, you start going to school. How do you think school helped to change your outlook about yourself and about your future um, and about even the, the stuff that you were doing that got you in prison? Well, school was, you know, when I was younger, Coming up through elementary school, I was basically on top of everything. I was a, a straight student. And once I hit junior high school, it was a rat. I got a taste of the girls in the streets. It was a rat. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I wasn't in the school and I just fell into that that category of, uh, of adolescent that, you know, was just disruptive. And so what I did was I said, you know what? I wasn't really into the streets at that time, so I tried to go into the Navy. Yeah. So I dropped out of um, high school and had my re um, recruiter and everything, and I was going scheduled to go into the Navy, but I was disqualified and um, disappointedly disqualified in the, in the med, in the med um, part portion of it in Buffalo because they said I had a cataract in my left eye, which mm. was um, dry blood. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that being said, it was a disappointment. So that turned me into, I didn't want to go back to school. So I turned to the streets. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was in the streets for, you know, I was in the streets for years. But once I got to jail, the second bit, the first bit, I went to jail, came back to the streets. Mm -hmm. Within within a week of me being released, my first bit, I was back in the streets. What were you thinking during your first bit that allowed you to go right back to the streets when you got out? I was young and dumb and I'm, you know, I'm looking at the TVs, I'm looking at, you know, everything that I left, you know, think about everything that I left behind and think about, you know, my thought was I'm going to get what I, you know, what I left behind, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, not thinking of like tomorrow is not promised or, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I understand these young kids thoughts. Yeah, and because I had the same thoughts, and this is one of the reasons why I went in psychology is because of the thoughts that I was having at the time, and I was trying to wonder and trying to figure out why, you know. And I had to relearn a lot of things mm -hmm. that was actually taught, but were um, um, rescaled when you went to college and everything. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. So you socialize different from different environmental. Um, um, spaces and you know being socialized in school is one of your first um, and home and yeah. then being you know making that transition to the street and around those who mean you no good but mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying just want to teach you or use you yeah. you know the wrong way yeah and, and, and then you know you having a, a, a what is it epiphany um, I don't know if that's exactly what I had when I was in jail but I seen that. I didn't want to live like that. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to have to work in a factory all my life. That's real stuff. You know, nothing wrong with working in a factory, but that's not what no, you no, want. No. Right, right. But, you know, I've I seen a, a few things that, you know, I knew I was smarter than this dummy that was um, telling me what to do. And I'm, I'm trying to explain to him and help him. And instead, being that we was different colors, uh, he still talked down to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, uh, so I held my composure for a while. Mm -hmm. And then it was just a wrap. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm like, man, this this ain't gonna work. So I had to, you know, I had to leave that position. Yeah. And I'm like, because I'm not a dummy. I was, and I was actually in school at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling them like, you know, you're not gonna keep talking to me like that. Right, right. So, so one day, you know, I was, he, he was talking to me and I was like, you know what? We need to go outside and talk. <laughs> that man said, no, we don't, and jetted straight to his office. Yeah. So, you know, he knew what time it was. Exactly. Yeah, and he was ready to box him up. Exactly. But, you know, that's 
that's a different time. And I just, yeah. I, I, my, my life was really, I knew it was headed for different. Yeah. Different and bigger and better. Yeah. Yeah. Because what it was, it wasn't, I wasn't, um, Kenny Braswell said it the best. Um, he said, um, yeah, some, some of us are working for our peace and some of us are working for our payroll. Mm. So as an older gentleman, I already worked for my payroll. Yeah. You know, so now as I'm older, it's not all about the money. Do I deserve what I get? Yeah. Do I want, you know, and, you know, do I think I deserve more? Yeah. But will I pursue it that way? No, because mm -hmm. I'm at peace. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. happy. I get up. I, I'm happy. I, I get up proud to go to work. Yeah. And I like what I do versus mm -hmm. getting up, having to go listen to this hill, uh, this person tell me, um, what to do and what not to do at yeah. five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I'm not a morning person, so. <laughs> so you get to call your shots to some degree. Yes. Yeah. So, and you know, it's it's interesting, your story too, some of the things that you shared, man, about your, your academic pursuits, as well as about uh, your, your attempts to go to the military, is it, very similar to my own, you know, like, coming out of high school, we moved off of Magnolia and Genesee when I was 13. Um, and we moved to Henrietta. And um, I, I ended up graduating high school out there, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I ended up enrolling in the Navy, uh, well, enrolled in the Marines. Couldn't make it in the Marines because I had caught too many assault charges. And then so I enrolled in the Navy. And the Navy is like, ah, we don't want you because I pissed dirty when I was in the Navy. So I came home and sort of like you, I just kind of spiraled out of control before you know it i was getting high i was fighting i was robbing i was stealing before you know it i'm in prison you know but like you i realized i'm smart i don't need to be in this place and i don't need to live towards what happens to most people that come into these places and what i realized also being in prison is that the vast majority of cats that's in prison are smart very you know very. smart I mean, if we had um, in in my class, the um, one of the uh, gentlemen graduated uh, with a what's the highest grade point average you graduated with? Four, four point I think he had a little higher than four point oh. Oh yeah, like yeah. Oh. So summa cum laude, yo. I'm telling you, he was. You know, when we was in prison and he graduated, they wanted him as soon as he got out to come to the home school. Nice. You know, nice. but then you got to think about it. You know, this brother, God bless the dead, went back to the streets. Mm -hmm. Everybody ain't, you know what I'm saying, um, equipped to handle certain things. Yeah. And, and sometimes know, folks don't have those, those, those supports either sometimes. True. And I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't know what type of struggles he had going home. Yeah. But then, you know, I heard he OD and, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I felt sorry because he was an inspiration. He was the one that I had to go to. I gotta, uh, I gotta type this paper. It's a five-page paper, you know me and him. I'm like this, right? So I had to go get him some cigarettes for him to type the paper up. For yeah, me. you write it and he type it. Yeah, so he could, so I can have in time because it'd take me three days to type a paper. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. had to do it on a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, a typewriter. Y'all didn't even have the word yeah. process available. So yeah, he was he was a blessing. So you know, yeah. I felt bad. Yeah, and there's a lot of brothers in, in, in prison right now. Got some of the most talented basketball players, you know what I'm saying? Some the most talented accountants, mm -hmm. the most talented um instructors. Yeah. That they all just took the wrong turn. But yeah. You know, the prisons, and not necessarily all of them took the wrong turn. I just say, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And some of them just probably didn't have the structure to help them make the right decisions, too. You know, I think one of the things that's really big in prison that a lot of people don't acknowledge is poverty. A lot of men who, who are in prison, they come from impoverished backgrounds. So they, they wasn't always food secure. and didn't always have lights on and heat on and all of that. And sometimes I think things like that drive decisions that become criminal decisions, but it's really just an, an effort to survive, you know? Right. But that, that may not be everybody. That might just be a small percentage of them. Yeah, because you got some brothers that never had to go to the streets. Right. You know, come from a two-family home, 
you know, parents a doctor, parents yeah. a lawyer, yeah. you know, never had to but end up a gangster in the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it is crazy because like what in you know, I would love to be able to sit down and and really now at this at this point in time in my age and my education to really be able to talk to some of these brothers that never had to go to the street but chose to. Yeah. Ended yeah. up where they was, you know, that where they was at. Yeah. You know, I, absolutely. You know, I come from, you know, my mother, God bless the um um dad. I lost my mother and my father. So oh, you know, no, I'm out. Yeah. So, but my mother growing up, I yes, I was mad because I was a middle child. You know, God bless um dad, my um my little brother passed on his motorcycle. So, mm. you know, it's, it's been you, yeah, it's been crazy. So, mm. and this was back in the day. So, but when I was growing up, I was a middle child. My oldest sister got what she wanted because she was the oldest and the female. Yeah. And things she needed. So, and then my little brother got what he wanted because he was the youngest, he was the baby. So mm. I was stuck in the middle. Yeah. So I'm always, I'm that mad child. Like, mm -hmm. why, you know, what was, but as I Up got on older, everybody. Right. But as I got older and I turned to the streets, I was like, you know, my mother actually did the best she she could with what she had. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that anger, you know, I had to turn that into, you know, I'm in the streets now. I got a few dollars. Here you go, mom. You know, here you go, mom. You know what I'm saying? Here you go. What, what you doing, you know, that you can give me? Don't worry about it. We good. Right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. you go. So, you know, it, but if, if we got to, as, as kids growing up, these kids, there's a disconnect right now mm -hmm. that, you know, the respect, you know, the admiration, they don't look at the parents the same that we looked at ours. Yes, you definitely. Yeah, and cause be, because when my mother and my father, you know what I'm saying, somebody elder, not even just my mother, somebody elder told me to be quiet or shut up, I'd be quiet or shut up. <laughs> right. You know, not right. even I had even an experience with my, you know, my one of my children. I'm telling them to be quiet. They just getting louder. I'm telling them to shut up now. Yeah. They yeah. getting louder like, yo, you got to go. Yeah. You know, because, you know, before I, you know, do something that I, you know, because you're not going to sit in my house. So I'm like, nah, you got to go. Yeah, That's I right. will. Okay, go ahead before I knock your head off the show. Right. You and know? then I regret it and you regret it. Exactly. Yo, so tell me this, man. See, when, when you got out of prison the second time, um, it sounds like you, you had your head on in a different direction and you were trying to get your life in order at this point. Yes, because I was when I was locked up, actually held conversations with um um uh, uh, a bunch of brothers, and don't get me wrong, um a couple of the COs, yeah. you know, I was you know they was telling me they was putting me on the businesses that they was you know they roofing business this and that. Mm -hmm. This is just the conversations we was having, and you know, so Mr. Scott, so what you going, what you thinking about doing when you get home? You going back? You coming back to us? I they like, always nah. say that. I was like, nah, because this is the second time I was with y'all, because this was my second bid in that jail yeah. with these officers. Wow. So I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to get my credit right. I'm going to um, um finish school. I'm going, I might even go for my bachelor's, this and that. And it's like, all right. So I asked, and then the people, just like the people now, you know, when I came home, there's certain people I couldn't be around because anything they did, I would have been with. Right. So I decided that, you know, I'll see you here and there, but I I just couldn't be with that because I got mm -hmm. too much to lose. Right. You know, I don't, I wasn't, I, you know, I had five years post-release when I came home. I ain't want to go back. Right, right. You know, so I did what I had to do. I stayed there. Uh, they told me, and I had good P.O. So my P.O. <laughs> told me, if you wanted, if you want to do something, just let me know so I can cover my ass. Right. I'm that cool, penitentiary so. time hurt, man. Definitely, definitely, and the and the and the worst and the worst thing to do is come home and, and and be idle, have idle time. Yeah, yeah. You know the old times used to talk about that. You know the devil's workshop is idle time, idle mind. Exactly. So when you got that idle time, you think about different things, and you know you try to think that you know, oh no, nah, oh yeah, I can do this and get away with it. Mm -hmm. Nah, you 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 got to do things that you know you comfortable. You know even just. If it's going to the library to look up something like you did it when you was in jail, you went to the law library. Oh, right. You know what right. I'm saying? You know, you a know, cat said, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, finish, go ahead. Yeah, a cat said to, I remember a cat came into the uh, into the penitentiary, I think it was Wyoming before I got out, and he was talking about 
how he had been out for like five years or 10 years. And because um, he was uh, programming still, he was still programming in the street like he was programming in prison, still going to the library, still on schedule, still doing things that uh, would keep him in place instead of out of place. You know? Right. So he, he knew, so he knew the structure. Yeah. He, he used this structure that he was comfortable with and he brought it home and used it uh, um, to help him, not to hurt him. Right. See, a lot of brothers, that structure, they, you know, like me, that structure, I did not like. I don't mm -hmm. like to be told when to eat, sleep, and use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my first thing when I came home was three o'clock in the morning, I, I'm outside walking up and down the street just to, you know, look up at the sky like I ain't been out. Yeah. Like this time. Yeah. For a long time to where yeah. I could walk. I walked to the corner, looked down the street, you know. I'm like, man, yeah, this is where I want, this is where I need to be. This is where I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm not comfortable sit, sleeping in a, in, a, in a bunk bed or sleeping next in a, in a cube next to 60, um, 59 others. Absolutely, or in a cell or whatever it is. Yeah. Absolutely. So who were like, who or what were like some of your main supports when you got out? Like what really helped you get your footing right once you got out? Were there like certain people, certain events? certain what was the structure like for you my structure when i came home i got with um my ex um <laughs> got with her she was my structure that really because of her job and where i was coming from i i couldn't embarrass her or do some shit that cost her job right so i had you know i had to stay in that structure to where you know and I commend, you know, you know, I that's the one thing I, I still love her for is because she, if, if anything, she can say she kept me out, she kept me home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if I wasn't with her, I think I'd I'd have probably violated mm. and been back because I'd have been someplace where I wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. You know, you know, and I changed that. You know, yeah. I do I, I did a lot of change. Like I said, if if my thing was if you ain't got nothing, nothing to lose, mm -hmm. I'm not hanging with you. We not right. you right. know, I see you out and speak. You can speak, have a drink, you know, out. But no, right. we, I'm not coming to get you, not coming to get me because once something happens, you know, and and, and 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 you ain't got nothing to lose and I got everything to lose, mm -hmm. it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the research says that um, if you got family, that is a protective factor to help you stay out of prison. If you got close friends and associates that are not getting into trouble, that's another protective factor. And then uh, there's one that, that uh, Corrections has known for a long time, which is you know people who are locked up, um, who do well in vocational and academic training, they have a lesser chance of coming back to prison. And so you know that makes me wonder, why don't they have more robust programs for vocational and educational training in prisons? You know, Be, because you know it's a a a a, a revolving door. Yeah, it's yeah. structured that way. It's designed that way. Yeah. But right now, you know, it's open and, and everybody can see. So now they're trying to restructure it. Yeah. Now they the now it's on the table where they um they about to put the colleges back in the in in, in the institution. Yeah, they you know, to. and if they would have never took them out, you'd have brothers that's coming out with degrees that, you know, with the smarts and, yeah. you know what I'm saying, to know, you know, okay, so I can go over here now, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying, versus coming out with nothing, like, yeah. man, I ain't working at no McDonald's, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, so it's it's, it's, it's a win-win, but then it's a lose-lose because mm -hmm. you, they, they, you, they lose, they lose revenue because it's going to reduce recidivism. Right. And so they lose revenue. Like they had to close these, they had to close these, um, these, these jails down because there wasn't enough prisoners. Right. And that's a good so, thing, right? Yeah. That's supposed to be a good thing. But most of them come from our communities. Yeah. So then you had these, these, these small towns where these jails are talking about some of you closing the jails. Oh, it's going to hurt our community. Oh, this is where our revenue come from. So what they really saying is, y'all need to stop these jails back up. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, how but about then that? at the same time, you got to ask, stop them up with who? Right. Like, what? Why? So now you're telling, 
Now you're saying that you want to be the same thing that was happening beforehand to happen again. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not going to happen because there's too many cameras, too much, you know, the ability to, uh, um, 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 like you where you at. I'm in New York, you down, you in the, you know, I'm jealous, but you down. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we can still communicate. Absolutely. So before we there was no communication, but through mail or phone. Right. So, right. you know, this is, this is open. There's no more hiding. Right, right. You know? It's open now. Yeah. Just, there's this, this movement called decarceration. You know, they're trying exactly. to decarcerate trying to lessen the amount of people that's in prison. And then, you know, it makes me think about what is it, the 13th Amendment that talks about, you know, slavery um, is abolished in this country, except when somebody is um, convicted of a felony, you know? It's, it, it wasn't, yes. And and it's modern day, uh, jail is modern day slavery. Yes, Don't sir. Don't get me wrong. Because yeah. they, they make you, they force you to work mm-hmm. for a dime. Yeah, 11 cents. Yeah. 22 cent was the highest, was the four, the four, the, 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 the highest level you can get. You balling. You balling. You can buy some deodorant. You can <laughs> buy some, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. some, some peanut butter and jelly. Yo, it used to kill me, see, when I, I saw dudes go home and then they would come back and then maybe go home and come back again. And every time they come back, they was like, yo, let me get some deodorant. Let me get some soap. Let me get some soup. And I'm like, damn, you had Wegmans and, and Walmart and all these other stores that were out back then. You could have, you know, got you a little panhandling job, something, you know, a little squeegee job, something, anything. Bro, you had way more than back with no money. Nothing. And you toe up. What is you doing? What did you go home to do? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That's you, important. What that's are you doing? What's your why? You went to home to do the wrong thing. That's why you back with nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was, it, it, it's your own fault, but don't get me wrong. I, I, I bless you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Here you go. Yeah. But other than that, man. Don't you come back. Yeah, because you come back again, I ain't got nothing for you. Right, I'm man. Here. I'm trying to live, right. What and, do you think? Hold up. And you left, came back, left again, came back, and ain't sent me nothing while you was no, in the street. No. Not even but a stamp, yo. Right. But now you asking for something. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend from high school like that. He was in, and he went home. He's like, yo, I'm gonna write you, I'm gonna send you some money, yada, yada, hoop you hoop And like, maybe a year later, he coming back on a violation. Yo, what's up, see? Yo, yo, can I get some? I'm like, man, I can't help you, man. You you said you're gonna write me, I'm looking forward to that. You said mm-hmm. you're gonna send me something. No, nah, bro, you busted. And then he still went home before me. And, that's and, then I, and then when I finally got home, he was toe up, he was basically panhandling. You know, panhandling, looking brother, dusty and scrappy. A lot of brothers' um, minds ain't equipped for jail. True, true. And even if it is, man, you and I know them places break people down. Not many yeah. people come out of there the same, especially if they end up in the box or something. Especially if they ain't got no support. Right. That's the biggest piece. That if outside they, if they got, if you got support, you can make it through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna yeah. be a little messed up, but you can make it through. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't got no, if you ain't got no support, mm-hmm. you at the will of the jail. That's true. And then you need that support when you come out too. You yes. know. But at the end of the day, you got to have your mind made up. Like you were talking about, you. You know, you had your mind made up. You wanted to do something different. You didn't want to go backwards. You wanted to go forward. You know. Right. Because my whole life, every time I took three steps back, um, forward, I t- had to take two steps back. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is, I, you know, as, I, as, as as my favorite saying is, I never lost. I learned. Yeah, I like that. If I, I took three steps forward and had to take two steps, I'm still a step above where I went forward from where I was at. Absolutely. So I still use that. I still learned something from that. Absolutely. So now when I take three more steps and have to come back two steps, I'm still going to be another step further where I'm at. So I'm never going to be left behind because I'm learning as I go. So now I take three steps and I only have to take one because I don't learn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then I get to where, like where I'm trying to get to where I take three steps and I ain't got to um, look back. Right on, right on. And the best lessons are learned hard sometimes, you know? Definitely. I mean, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have the lessons I went through. Yeah, I don't know. 
if I would still be in the street, if I would have mm-hmm. never got knocked off, if I would still be in the street struggling, never going, not struggling, but because you, you, everything changes, but not, yeah. um, if I would have still been in the streets, not with no education, but just a, 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 a ability to get money. Yeah. You know, and still mm-hmm. have to look over my back and all that. And you could probably look around the, look around the way at some of the cats that's still doing that. And still looking, and don't get me wrong, still looking over their shoulder. Yeah. But you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, you know, I get invited over to a house and see, you know, yeah, I'll come see, da, da, da. get in there, like, hold up, bro. <laughs> this window <laughs> boarded up. This is, what, this, this is a trap? Yeah. This is tra- nah, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm out of here. You know, in large part, that's why I left the area, man, to get away from all that I was familiar with, man. You know, right. start over, yeah. sort of like a plant. When you take a plant out of an old pot, you put it in a, another pot, and you move it in another room. You know, it, yeah. it tend to grow a little more. See, and that's and that's and that's what uh, that that worked for you. So that yeah. you know, that's a blessing. Yeah. Me, I couldn't leave. Yeah, because most you, you still know, repotted yourself. So exactly. to speak. You still so repotted. I, I ain't make it out the hood. I like to think I made it in the hood. Yeah, and I used. The networking and though you know not everything I um it, it, it's not everything is is about what you know it's who you know always you know so I always. you know I have a, a lot of good friends a lot of friends that point me in the right direction mm-hmm. a lot of friends that have bend over backwards a lot yeah. of, you know I got a lot of friends a lot of support a, a big people support. have seen your evolution too yes yes and they know you're serious about this thing. Exactly. Because they saw you when you was doing the one-two thing, and now they see yeah. you doing this thing. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, you 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 authentic is what I like to call it, authentic. So people are going to always gravitate to authentic dudes like you. you know? Yeah, I appreciate and, that. Yeah, no doubt. A couple more questions I got for you, man. And okay. this is like for these, these young cats who are um, going to prison, coming out of prison and whatnot. Um, but what do you think was like one of the biggest obstacles you faced getting out of prison, coming back to the community? And how did you work around or through that big obstacle that you faced? Be it one obstacle or a million? The biggest obstacle that I faced coming home from prison was myself, mm. my pride. Mm. That was the obstacle. I couldn't get away from, you know, always. I always complain, but I always complain to myself though, mm-hmm. because I would never complain to nobody else because I could, you know, because it's always somebody in a in, in, in a worse in a worse off position. And mm-hmm. I never make light of nobody's situation, right? But my own. So I complain to myself. So I'm not in competition with nobody but myself. I try to be better than who I was yesterday. Right on. But I'm not trying to be better than the man that's standing next to me. Right. Don't get, I mean, I'm, well, not trying to be, what I'm saying is I'm not in competition with him. Right, right. I'm with you. So, I, you know, it was, my obstacle was myself telling myself, I can't do it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. And then turn around, I have to do it. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was ups and downs, you know, mm-hmm. like my bachelor almost quit. And if it wasn't for my um my support system and my um, my tutor, mm-hmm. I was going to quit at my bachelor's because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it came at a bad time because, mm-hmm. you know, I was engaged to get married, but it didn't go through. So, mm-hmm. you know, my whole mindset was, you know, here and there. And, you know, I I, I just didn't want to, the struggle was real. You know, yeah. I had demons that I had to fight. And yeah, instead of fighting them, I learned, I made friends with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can talk to them now. Yeah. And, 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 and we and I can, you know, more or less, I'm the influence now, not the yeah. demon. Yeah. 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 Is there a beast still trying to get out of it? Definitely. Absolutely. But I'm the big, I'm the, I'm the head one in charge. Whereas when I was younger, it wasn't, it, it, it was the demon. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They were running your life. So we had, had, had to make, you know, I had to make, um, come to terms with that. So yeah, I, I made friends with the demon. Nice. So what I'm hearing um, is for the, for the young cats, you got to understand yourself, understand your, your ups and your downs and be willing to work through that. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you 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 can think it's a different obstacle and all the time it's yourself. 
Yeah. Because you're stumbling over your own feet. And it's no, mm-hmm. but you what you're doing is you're projecting your feelings or your um your emotions onto something else or onto somebody else. Yeah. And mm-hmm. once you learn to deal, a lot of these kids don't did never learn to deal with their own emotions, you know, within themselves. Yeah. You know, they come out wrong. And yeah. once they learn to deal with themselves and where they satisfied, mm-hmm. stop trying to live out your means. Once you satisfy with yourself, mm-hmm. then you can live within your means. Yeah. Live within your means and not without your means. You know? Not without your means. That's a heavy piece, man. And you know, I think a lot of, of being able to, to live with oneself or recognize oneself in today's society is such a challenge because of all of the, the distractions we have, you know, primarily these phones and, you know, social media and, you know, just the way the world is today. And I think it's difficult for people to pay attention to themselves. At the end of the day, that's what we got and that's what we need is that self-awareness, that self-knowledge, I think. So, you know, yeah. thanks for that piece, man. That was definitely something to, to put in the pipe and smoke. You heard, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So what what are you doing nowadays? I know you talked just a little bit about, you know, your, your job. Um, you're working with um, ABC, I think, and the Father's Initiative or something. No, no, no. I'm at, um, I'm a fatherhood coordinator over at Healthy Baby Network. Okay. She was my first job. Then I moved um, to uh, Urban League. Now I'm at Healthy Baby Network. Okay. I'm attracted to not, not-for-profits. Right, right, right on. It, it, they work with the community, and that's where I need to be. Absolutely. And in different aspects on different grounds. I work on, you know what I'm saying? I work with the whole community. Mm-hmm. But right now, the gear is toward fathers with uh, uh, young fathers, older fathers with new kids. Okay. Trying to be a better father, going through, you know, trying to um, allot them the services that they allow the women to have. Yeah. Um, and then, then the fathers don't know that they, you know, they entitled to these services right. as well. Right, right. And I advocate for them in court, child support court, mm-hmm. wherever, mm-hmm. you know, if, if whatever I can do for a brother, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make a better brother out the brother. Good. And brothers know, need I, brothers. Right. My mistake. I shouldn't have said that. I'm not trying to make anybody better than who they are. I'm trying mm-hmm. to help them make themselves better. Mm-hmm. Then I'd be taking on their um their problems and their position and I can't do that. Right, right, right. Just help you through it. Just help them refine themselves. Exactly. Yeah, and we need each other. I'll be known as an enabler. Right. They they wouldn't learn from it. They'd just, you know, try to skate through it. And that's not why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Dig it, dig it. Thanks for sharing that. So would you say that this job gives you purpose or is there some other things that you do today that gives you purpose? Nah, honestly, you know, not the, not the, not the sound sarcastic, but waking up in the morning and breathing gives me purpose. Come on, man. Come on. You know what yeah. I'm That's great, man. So this, this job is just get, it just, the euphoria, it just makes it that much better. Yeah. When you yeah. love your job, you love what you do. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's not about the money anymore. You know, it's about your peace. And well, it's always gonna be about money because you gotta survive. Right, right, right. It's about your peace. Once you get to where you at peace, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It, it's a whole different feel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and this job makes me feel peaceful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It gives me it gives me a euphoria of knowing that I help somebody. Just yeah. you know, I'm 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 helping not just that person, but that extension of the person, which is the person's child. Right. And maybe even other aspects of their family and the community. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to a brother today say something about when you give a formerly incarcerated person a job with a living wage, you're not just employing that person, but you're also helping that person's family and that person's community because they bring that money back into their community and they circulate it in their community. So yeah, it's it's always a, a, a staggering effect. Also, it takes his mind out of having nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, yeah. now he got a purpose, a livable wage. Now he got to think like, well, if I lose this, I got to go back to working for whatever they give me. Yeah. This is a livable wage. So I'm going to do what I can, you know what I'm saying, to stay out of the way and mm-hmm. do my job. And I think most brothers, 
want a job with a living wage. I don't think brothers want to necessarily hustle and throw right. bricks. Right. You know? The whole thing is they want it given to them. Yeah. You know, you they not, there's nothing given to you these Okay, so you just not going to be the one is given to. You know, not everybody is handed nothing. Everybody doesn't get something handed to them. Right. You know, there are people that get something dropped in their lap, you know, a gift. But, uh, you know, the majority of people don't have that. True indeed. So, and what it is, is they don't want to do the footwork to get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And COVID messed all that up. Mm. Started giving them money, got mm. it throwing money away. And if COVID never hit, we wouldn't even be um, talking about, um, ain't no, don't nobody want to work. Right, right. You know, shortage of workers. Right. There's you know, more jobs now than it is workers. Yeah, you know, but it's a, it's a, see, now it's a worker's market. So now yeah. a worker doesn't have to really, you know, they, they don't have to degrade themselves or just take anything, mm -hmm. you know, because there's so many jobs out there. Mm -hmm. But are you that person that's marketable like that? Right, you still have to be marketable. Are you that person that can afford to say no to this job because right. you know that this person, this job wants you? Mm -hmm. If you're not that person, then you can't take that chance. And then do you have what it takes to keep a job? Exactly. That's and that's that's that what it boils down to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in closing, see, you know, um, is there any piece of wisdom and insight that you could share um for someone as far as it goes to maybe staying out of trouble or staying out of prison or even for say a family member that's trying to support somebody that's um, trying to stay out of trouble or stay out of prison. One thing is, I'm gonna tell. Well, I'm gonna tell you a couple of things because the reason why there's a lot of um, um, a lot of information not given. We don't. Those coming home and those trying to stay home don't know a lot of information that's out there that they should know. So, with that being said, they're gonna have to do their due diligence and find out. Because not everybody is going to tell you if you come into if you go into a store and they got one thing right here that's ten dollars and they got one the same thing over here that's thirty and you go over here to the thirty dollar one nine times out of ten they're going to let you buy that thirty dollar one instead of telling you it's a ten dollar one. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you got to change the way you think. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to okay, I see a thirty dollar one before I purchase this. Let me look around and see if there's anything else. Just don't mm. go straight for something because it's not always as you know good as what it seems. You know, you can be you can buy that thirty dollars. That could be your last thirty dollars. Yeah. And then you walk past and be like, "Oh, I could have got this for ten and say, Oh, can I bring this back?" And they'd be like, "No. Yeah. All sales are final. <laughs> right. No refunds, Jack. Right. So with yeah. that being said, to, to survive in these streets, I you know my advice would be, you know, I survived in the hood. You know, I never wanted to make it out the hood. You know, I never wanted to uh, buy a house when, you know, whatever. I wanted to, you know, own property in the hood still in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I did and that's where I'm at. But what it was, what it took me to, you know, I, rem I know the things that I was doing and know the places and the people that were I was around that got me into what I, you know, got into. Mm -hmm. I changed that. Mm -hmm. Now, what it was, was I hung with you and I got in trouble. I'm not hanging with you. So, excuse me. I'm not hanging with you now. I see you somewhere and we'll speak that it out. But right. I'm not coming to get you or you can't come get me because you still are that in that that frame of mind that, you know, I don't walk away from. Yeah. But we still, you know, I'm not disrespecting you telling you we can't be friends or nothing. Right. It's just that I just do my friendship and my association just a little different. Right. And right. then the spots I was hanging out, I had to change, you know, I had to learn to change. I couldn't go to the bars with the young ones no more. I mean, if I do, I go in, have a drink, serve it a place, and I'm out. Yeah. I couldn't go in there and hang, you know, I know that because right. they're a different in a different mindset. Right. I got too much to lose. Right. You living off experience. Exactly. So L O X. Do, do I want to go and chill with the youngins and party with them? Yeah, but I know how far to go with that. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I don't mind. I go sit up in GIs, S and T's. Yeah, and get and get and get in conversation and get 
information and experience and, and advice and everything from the elders. Yeah. You know, I like I said, I learned. I listen. You're the elder now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm you know, I'm not an elder yet. I'm just a I'm just unk. <laughs> we elders now, bro. <laughs> they call us unk. Remember? That's you true. Know, you know, they call us unk now. Unk and auntie and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, my brother. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you sitting with me, man, and just sharing some of your wisdom, man. You know? Man, any, anytime, man. And you know, you're an inspiration, too, because you've been through what I've been through. And yeah, I forgot to get C to leave his contact information, so... If anyone is looking to contact Carl about Healthy Baby Networks, you can reach Carl at lowercase c-a-r-l at h-e-a-l-t-h-y dash b-a-b-y dot net. That's Carl at healthybaby.net. Peace. Hope to see you next time. If you or someone you know would like to share their story on this show, or if you'd like to leave a comment or a suggestion, drop me a line at lowercase d-r-c-r-a-i-g-w-a-l-e-e-d, d as in David, at gmail.com. That's Dr. Craig Waleed at gmail.com. Thank you. Peace.